Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks up a block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back for our Friday show and uh, I'm going to go solo today. Uh, Grifka on Wednesday went solo. We've been uh, juggling schedules, doing lots of different things. So he he brought you some uh, news and notes, his take on CJ Anderson as well as a seven round mock draft. Um, So before I obliterate Grifka for his picks, for his odd DJ voice that he tried to use during that podcast and all types of other things. Um, I want to give you my quick take on CJ Anderson. I also want to talk about um, some trade options that I've been hearing for our Detroit Lions. Things that uh, could make sense. Trade down, move around the board, get some extra picks, things like that. And then after that, I'm going to give you guys a live seven round Oakry mock draft where I uh, do it live here on the podcast, work my way through using the uh, mock draft machine on the draft network. So uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. So um, just to kick us off here on the show, uh, CJ Anderson, I thought was a nice signing. I know I have been telling friends and people that, you know, once some of the other options that went by the board, CJ Anderson had kind of tweeted out, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder and he's ready to show and prove some people wrong. I love that. Um, still pretty young. I mean, I know a couple years ago he was still in that early 20s, mid-20s, so he, he's still got to be in that range. Uh, he obviously produced last year. You know, I don't know. think he – not <laughs> – let me see if I can talk here. It's not that I don't think I know. I really know. He was not in good shape last year, and he still did well. So it sounded like he's going to get that together and come in here to Detroit ready to rock and roll. I think it's kind of a compl- nice compliment to carry on because carry on – with a guy like CJ can still be the man. He can still catch it, run it, you know, play most of the downs. But uh, any injuries, any spells, anything you're bringing in a, a youngish veteran, a guy that's produced, a guy that's been kind of the go-to guy at times, and a guy that wants to produce so that he can maybe go out somewhere else and get a decent contract to kind of probably end his career at that point uh, with a two, three-year deal, I would think, after this. So... He's going to be motivated. Uh, I really like the move. You know, they needed a running back, too. 
I think this is a good uh, option, a good way to go. So uh, I'm excited about it. I know Grifka was sort of, you know, him and Han and doing what he does, but uh, I think it's a good move. I know the big Hughes, I chatted with him. All he did was call C.J. Anderson fat, which to me, I mean, come on, man. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to it than that when it comes to what's available, uh, where he's at in his career, what we're trying to get, which is not another, like, absolute phenom running back. We're trying to get somebody that can complement what Carrion does and be there in case of injury, as well as when he's called upon, you know, get first downs, get touchdowns, get all that type of stuff. So I'm excited about it. I think it's a good move. Now, let's talk trades. The last week or so, it came out that the Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions had sort of been talking some different trades. And and kind of what I heard, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but it was the Lions had moved from number 8 down to number 14, I believe is where the Falcons are. So you'd, you'd slide down uh, from, eight, from 8 to 14 there. you pick up their first rounder, a fourth rounder, and I think it was one or two later picks, you know, probably in the sixth, maybe a seventh as well. And then I think it was a future second. And, uh, hey, my quick take on that, I mean, anytime you can move down in the draft, especially when it's only from, like, 8 to 14, you know, I'm I'm almost always for that. I feel like that always gives you value. You're still going to get a great player at 14. You're going to pick up multiple picks downward in the draft where you can take a flyer on a guy, you can add to depth at a position, whatever it may be. And then you're going to get a second rounder next year. I mean, like I say, I would do that. I know some people were saying if some of these top talents are on the board, you cannot move down, you have to take them. I feel like you always got to look for value and you have to look for, you know, okay, what can I get right now? That's one thing. But if I'm going to get two or three different pieces and a piece next year, yeah, I would definitely be willing to do that. So I don't know if there's any players involved in that and maybe just some pre-discussions about, hey, you know, if this guy's on the board at 8, we want to move up. Lions say, well, you know, if if this one or two, three players aren't on the board, we're all about moving down and just seeing what they can make work. So, you know, I would uh, I would like that. You know, I think I mentioned on a previous show about some rumor and innuendo about the Lions and Houston, you know. People have been talking online a little bit about Clowney. Could Clowney be involved in a trade? He got tagged, not very happy. Could somebody give him a big money deal, trade for him, that type of thing. I mean, it was fun kicking that around. I mean, I really don't see that happening. But, uh, like I say, Jadavian Clowney's a beast. Uh, The Texans, I want to say, are in the 20s there, probably about 23 or so. You know, that's not a trade down I would mind either. You know, let's say uh, nobody's sitting there great and they give you a great package, slip down to 23, can still get, you know, a tight end at that point and feel a lot better about it. You can maybe get a uh, receiver, a slot receiver that can help you. You can maybe uh, add to your defense or even, uh, you know, interior lineman at that point may make the most sense. So, again, I'm all for trade downs. I'm all for moving around the board when it makes the most sense. So those are two things I've heard. I mean, I'm sure as we lead up, there'll be some more um, things out there. But as we know, as Lions fans, there's usually a lot more out there than maybe what actually happens. But 
you just never know. You might not hear anything, and then come that number eight pick, you know, Roger Goodell comes up and, and says, I have a, a trade to announce, which, I mean, you want to talk about a great phrase. One of the greatest phrases in sports is when that happens and you're watching the draft, just watching people trade up, down, giving up future picks, going to get their guy. And a year or two later, you find out if that guy was worth it. Is he all pro? Is he a bum? You know what I mean? It's just tremendous. Uh, the NFL Draft, the greatest reality show. Um, incredible. My favorite uh, sporting event of the year, no doubt about it, uh, if you want to call it a sporting event. I just, like I say, absolutely love it. Uh, got the draft board up, always taking time, uh, day or two off work, just really diving in. And this is one of the biggest drafts in our history for the Lions. So, super excited. We'll see if they trade. We'll see if they stay where they're at. And uh, like I've kind of tell all my buddies, you know, whoever they take, if the player ends up being a beast, ends up being an all-pro, ends up being a difference maker, it doesn't matter if you take him at 8, 15, 25, fifth round. Um, they just have to get good players that fit our scheme, fit the Detroit Lions, and that come and produce in the NFL. They have to produce. So um, those are just a couple th- things off the top. Uh, let, let me go ahead right now and, uh, and let me do what the people love. Let me go ahead. And let me rip Grifka to shreds. Grifka, you go ahead and you do a seven-round mock. You work your way through. And I've got your picks right here in front of me. I scribbled them down on a napkin with some uh, notes. I don't have many notes, but uh, I'm not sure that it needed many notes. Um, So, Grifka, you know, as sure as the sun sets... uh, with the first pick in the first round, you take Montez Sweat. Of course you do. You take Montez Sweat because months ago, you had Red Mel Kuyper, whoever, uh, your Lions 24-7. Um, oh, Montez Sweat used to play at Michigan State. He's a heck of an athlete. He has some character concerns. So that was the name you knew. You threw it out there. Now, throughout the process, Montez Sweat has uh, blown up the combine with his 40. He played well at the Senior Bowl. He's been getting good reviews here, there, and everywhere. So you're justifying yourself. You're justifying your pick here by taking Montez. Now, it recently came out. He's got maybe a possible heart issue. That's definitely something to consider. I know you don't care about all these other things, Griff. He's a good player. I'll take him. Well, Montez Sweat has proven to be a better athlete than I thought. I remember on a, a previous show, I believe I called him like a, a good, but not a great or special freaky athlete. He's, he's proved to be freaky from a speed perspective. Looks good, you know, like uh, size and all that type of stuff. But I don't know. I, I don't feel the bend. I don't feel the uh, freaky athleticism. I just see a, a guy that's 6'5", 260, fits the mold. Um, like I said, has had a good process, crazy speed. I don't know how he ran what he ran, but he did. Um, but I don't know. I, I think he's on the Lions board. I think he's, you know, in that, you know, their top five, seven type options. But I think there's some other special blue chip talents that I'd still put a, in front of Montez. So stay tuned for that when I do my seven round mock here in a few. With the second pick, Grifka, you take a Warrior from Penn State. Our favorite name to pronounce. And, uh, you know, again, I, I, I am going to get after you with some of these picks. But um, this is a pick I can support. It's one we've talked about a bunch. Watch some of this guy. I mean, he's long. He's got those Tracy Walker-type long arms. 
big, like you said, 6'2 plus. They love that. Um, you know, just seems to have what it takes to be a second round type corner. And I don't think the Lions have solidified that spot. I feel like they've added some nice pieces, you know, some pieces I would love to be a depth or um, just make that position better, but not one where I'm just like, oh, we're set on opposite of Slay. I don't feel that way right now. So that was one pick that I felt you did get a good value there and you got a player that we've talked about we like. And so I can uh, somewhat support that pick. Now, in the third round, you go out and get Oliver, the tight end. In my opinion here, Grifka, you're just trying to take a player because you think and you uh, just assumed ahead before the draft that I need a tight end in the first couple rounds. So you went two rounds without one. You thought you had to go get one. I've heard a little bit about this guy in regards to some good things, but, um, you know, I remember seeing him, (coughs) excuse me, seeing him at the Combine. I mean, I wasn't a big fan. He he didn't look like an NFL type player to me. He he has some some speed, some ability to do some things, but uh, he's not high on my radar. I think there's other tight end options that both fit more what they're looking for when it comes to run pass and just guys that seem more like meat and potatoes football players than uh, than Oliver there at tight end from what San Jose State or something like that. Now here's where you lose me, Grifka. In the fourth round. You take this guy, Galliard, an offensive interior lineman slash center out of Georgia. I mean, I just wrote who in big, bold letters. I mean, to me, this is, one, why are you taking a center in the fourth round? Frank Ragnow is playing left guard, and he could easily slide over there if we get rid of Graham Glasgow. Then, you know, why are we always drafting these interior linemen, especially in the fourth round? This guy's not even you know, on my radar, like there's other interior linemen I like, you know, obviously Bradbury will probably be a first rounder, you've got a kid from Wisconsin, it's not terrible, Um, you have a couple other interior, I mean, we already talked about the interior linemen that I'd like, which I may get when I do my mock, which is uh, Lindstrom, you know, from Boston College, there's a few other guys like that, if you want to go that route, but I mean, this guy was just not on my list. He He's not on my radar. I mean, you may prove me wrong, but I thought there's so many talented players, which you'll see me take in the fourth round other than a guy like this. I mean, we we already have a, we've invested a ton in the offensive line. You know, again, if you're going to do it, I'd say do it in the like second roundish and get a guy that really has some pedigree rather than in the fourth round here where I think you're you're just reaching at that point. So, did not like that pick. Not a guy that I mocked in any drafts across the board. Not even a name that really was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Or, oh, he could fit the Lions. Just totally off my radar there, Grifka, in the fourth round, which you can't do. If you do that in the sixth, I don't mind it. You doing that in the early fourth where we'll be picking? No. Um, Fifth round, you're taking Bryce Love running back. and, And you're... Your reasoning was he's going to replace Theo. I think you kind of said this guy can catch it and do some things. Like last time I checked, wasn't Bryce Love more of a run between the tackles, uh, hit the home run kind of guy at Stanford? I don't think he caught a ton of footballs. I mean, he had incredible numbers. What was it two years ago? Made that run for the Heisman. But, you know, those were all yards. I think he had some kick returns. He had a lot of touchdowns. But I don't remember him catching tons of passes. So. 
You know, I don't think he's a pass protector either. I mean, he's probably decent, but I don't think that's one of his strong suits. You said that was one of Theo's strong suits, which I sort of agree with you there. I mean, to me, Bryce Love is a total roll of the dice. I, I Seems like a good college player that's going to be uh, Amir Abdullah when he gets to the league. Either injured a lot, you know, trying to run between the tackles, but he's too tiny. You know, I don't know. Just don't see it, especially a guy coming off an ACL. You're taking in the early fifth. I mean, I know he had lots of hype two years ago, but, you know, we're not drafting on hype. I mean, that pick could work out and be gold for you, but, again, I don't like it. Next pick in the sixth round, you took Boykin, wide receiver. And this was my favorite, one of my favorites, Griffka. You had a bunch of gems in this podcast. But, Boykin, your, your reasoning was you referenced the Michigan game twice. This was total Grifka. Hey, everybody. I've watched this guy twice. Uh, he played my team, Michigan. So let me give you my scouting report. Um, you know, there's more to it than just that game, Grifka. You know, Boykin, to me, he's got size and athleticism, no doubt. He did some okay things at the Combine. Again, not a receiver that's on my radar. We already have two big 6'2 to 6'4 type receivers. What we really need is that slot guy. We need a guy that's a water bug, a guy that can move, a guy that can put the ball in the paint, go up over the top and score touchdowns. So, Miles Boykin, just because he went to Notre Dame and just because he played your team Michigan twice, uh-uh, I don't think so. Didn't like that. Um, let me see. You had uh, Smith from Alabama corner in the, uh, what was that, the late sixth, I believe. Um, give you a little depth there. I, I don't mind that pick. I think he's on my radar. I've been getting him in the last pick of the seventh round, so I get him around later than you, Grifka. But, uh, you know, I think he was a really high star player in high school and, uh, you know, has some ability to do some things. I think he could fit our scheme, you know, playing with Nick Saban, despite some of his deficiencies, you know, his high school pedigree as well as a position of need. You know, I, I don't mind it there. Let's see what else you got here. Okay, you got two more picks. One other thing I want to call you out, Grifka, and all the people that heard the Grifka seven-round mock. I, I bagged on Grifka on the show for being uh, listening to Mel Kuyper and doing his, uh, you know, his different websites he goes to. Is it just me, or did Grifka just read off the guy's height and weight for every player? Then he told you a couple things that I think were on some scouting report that he was flipping through when he did that. Grifka, this is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, man. We don't we don't need Bell Kuyper's notes. We don't need a bunch of that garbage. What we need are takes. What we need are your opinions. What we need are more opinions than just, hey, I watched him one Saturday. Let me tell you what I think. You do some actual research on your, your own. Watch these guys and decide who's good and who's not. So... Uh, I found that hilarious. I was laughing out loud throughout this thing, Grifka. Just uh, the way you pitched it, um, I'm curious to see what the people think. But uh, <laughs> it was tremendous. I, I'm kind of just goofing on you here for fun. But uh, I got two more picks here I want to discuss. So you took Dieter, Wisconsin, in the 7th. Now, I think right before you did this pick, you gave a diatribe about how late in the draft you're looking for offensive playmakers, and uh, other types of positions, not uh, meat and potatoes, not defense, and then you go take an offensive tackle interior type player from Wisconsin. 
Like, I think you did throw in the caveat you might try to add old line depth, so I'll give you that. But uh, to me, this was just a, hey, I don't know anybody at this spot. Let me take a guy that uh, just has some size and ability and hope that uh, hope that it, it looks like a decent pick in the seventh. And then your final seventh rounder, you said I've been praising this guy. I mean, I loved his college production. I don't know how he's going to translate to the pros. I felt like he had a little bit better combine than I expected. Hunter Renfro. I mean, if you can get this guy with your last pick in the seventh and he can learn under Danny Amendola, great. But this could be a pick, too, that you take, and uh, he just doesn't be, uh, translate to the next level or whatever it may be. So, you know, don't mind that pick, but I uh, thought it was safe, thought it was a name you knew in the seventh. So, um, giving you grief, Grifka. We're doing solo shows, but I could still give you grief, and I could still give you this. That's a double bell for the seven-round Grifka mock draft that I just tore apart here. Hold on, let me actually... Uh, let me actually uh, tear that up for you, Grifka. There we go. We'll uh, discard that. And now we are going to transition to the Oakry Detroit Kool-Aid 7-round live mock draft. Where I'm going to work this through, give you my opinions, try to make these picks uh, in an efficient fashion. Talk you through it as I go live on the podcast here. So... Uh, here we go. Um, I got it all loaded up. I'm going to be picking for the Lions. Seven rounds. If you go to the Draft Network, you can do this yourself. Um, got a great new mock draft machine. You can also put it on uh, speed fast. Man, you can whip through a seven-round mock draft really quick. Now, the one thing I will say is some of the picks, some of the players on the board that I'll be talking about, you'll be sitting at home going, oh, he won't be there. Or, you know, oh, that's uh, that's not realistic. Well, there's some variance to it, no doubt about it, but it still gives you an idea of who might be available in what round. It still gives you good um, practice at drafting yourself. That way, when the Lions are drafting, you can have some frame of reference. So that guy's a fourth rounder. Hey, I think he's more of a second rounder. Hey, you can wait all the way to the end of the draft to get running backs. You know, oh, if you don't get an edge early, they thin out pretty quick, that type of stuff. So, without further ado, let's get this thing rolling. Here we go. So, I'm hitting start draft on the mock draft, heading through here. So, at number eight in this mock, Q, Quentin Williams is the top guy on the board. You know, I've had a lot of discussion about this guy. Not sure you can pass on that talent, but I don't think he'll be there. Montez Grifka's boy is here at Oliver's available. TJ Hawkinson. Dwayne Haskins is available. I know everyone's out there been yakking about quarterbacks. I mean, to me, that's not a an option here. Brian Burns. Um, and then you work your way down to uh, all the other familiar names. So, again, this is the Oakry Mock. So, in this situation, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to just do what I try to do in most mock drafts. You know, you can't pass on talent in this situation. If this was to happen, and again, if anybody's going to fall in the early top seven picks, it could be a defensive tackle that only had one year of production. But this guy's a great kid. He's huge. He can move. I mean, in this situation, I have to take Q. Quentin Williams for the Lions at number eight. We definitely would find a way to use him. 
could definitely learn and be a great uh, guy for snacks. So that's going to be the pick. So quickly working our way through here, heading to the second round. Again, this is a high second rounder for the Lions. I mean, this is a must hit. This is a, you got to get a stud. You got to get a player that can make an impact. So um, just looking here, it's just coming around on my pick. Oh, man, lots of lots of good options here in the second round. Top name on the board is Noah Fant at tight end, which we know we need. Hakeem Butler, A.J. Brown, Hollywood Brown is also on the board. Chris Lindstrom. Um, you got Kelvin Harmon, um, some other receivers. Julian Love, if you want a corner, is there, and a few others. Man, so I just took Quentin Williams, added to my defense. I mean, I think, again, if, if this is the situation, nobody thinks he's going to get out of the first round. But for this scenario, I wouldn't pass on talent once again. I'm going to take Noah Fan out of Iowa. Everyone in Detroit is hearing about TJ Hawkinson, and, you know, he can play both ways. But uh, Noah Fant is too good to pass here. And we have kind of those meat and potatoes tight ends, but I feel like this guy can stretch the defense. And uh, and do some things, no real injury concerns, none of that kind of stuff. So let's go ahead and take Noah Fan and see how this works out. So we're heading uh, heading to the third round here. So Grifka took a D end and a corner. I got myself an interior defensive player that we can move around. Quentin Williams too played edge. So if he was to fall, he did play edge in college. He has some versatility there, and uh, man, just have an absolutely nasty line. Be really hard to run on the Detroit Lions. So, in this situation at 88 in the third round, Irv Smith actually fell. He's the top player kind of on the board here at this point. So, had I waited on tight end, I'd have been happy to take Irv Smith here in the third. Let's go ahead and look over some of the other options. You got some running backs on the board Montgomery, Damien Harris. This one's kind of a no-brainer for me, though. Again, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but, you know, this guy is projected to maybe sneak in the first round, if not probably the early to mid-second. But, hey, in this mock, he's here in the third. I just watched him tape on this guy with a um, couple projects I'm doing. Um, David Long, cornerback out of Michigan in the third round at pick 88. He's a press corner. He's uh, got some size and ability, local guy, position of need. We're going to go ahead and snag him up right here. So we got a corner. We got our uh, pass-catching stretch type tight end. And we got an absolute beast, a dancing bear in Quentin Williams. Loving this draft so far through three rounds. Now here we get into the fourth round. This is where I had the big issue with Grifka, where Grifka's like, hey, I'm going to take a offensive center slash guard out of uh, Georgia. Like, like, no, I don't think so, Grifka. There's way too many good players on the board here at this point. Just scrolling through the names. Now, I haven't, I haven't went out and got that receiver, but I have done enough mock drafts yet where I kind of know that you can hold off and find a couple late gems that could really fit what we need. So at this point in the draft, I'm taking a look here. I still think I can hold off and possibly get that receiver maybe a round later or so. I've taken a tight end. So i got two defensive players and offensive player. To me, this draft was one I really did want to add offense. I felt like, you know, they, 
they really solidified their D in free agency. You know, did did some nice things there. Josh Oliver, Grifka's boy, he took in the third round, is here in the fourth. Um, just saying. Um, let me go ahead and take a look here. Man, lots of good, lots of good running backs. If I wanted to go that route. Hmm. We just added C.J. Anderson as well, so that sort of changes my thought process. Wouldn't mind, like you say, any of my picks if the uh, if the phone is ringing and able to uh, to make a trade at this point. So, hmm. Let me let me just go ahead and do it. I'm gonna go ahead and. Um, do what I try to do in drafts, which is take best available, match it with need, but try not to pass on talent. So I'm sitting here in the fourth round, and I really like this guy. People have said, you know, oh, he doesn't do anything special. He's not a home run hitter. Hey, man, if this guy was to make it to the fourth round somehow, I'm not going to pass on him. Just picked up C.J. Anderson. We've got some running backs. This might let me just go ahead and cut bait with Theo, save that $5 million. We're going to see how it works out. I'm going to go ahead and take Damian Harris here, running back Alabama. I've watched him on this guy. I think, yeah, he got pushed out at the end of Alabama, but he just seems like a no-nonsense, do-it-all, really solid type running back. If you play at Alabama, you can obviously pass protect. So you got to love that. Now, let me take a look at my picks. So, again, I got two offense, two defense. I have an addressed edge. I have taken care of the tight end, the corner, another depth running back piece, and just the best defensive player on the board at that point. I'm here in the fifth round at 146. Man, lots of of good uh, players on the board. I had said I did not take care of receiver, and I did want to go offense in this draft. So a guy is sitting here. I don't think he's going to make it to the next round. So I'm going to go ahead and take him here in the uh, kind of in the early fifth round. I think is a good spot for him. A Georgia boy with Matt Stafford right here. You go ahead and give me Terry Godwin here in the in the fifth. Nice little slot receiver. I feel like a lot of the other receivers I liked in this draft are, had already come off the board. Don't want to wait it out. Too much more. Let me take one more peek here just to make sure that I can't wait another uh, another round. Yeah, see, I don't think so. Like, if I wait another round, it's either going to probably be Renfro, Penny Hart, or um, Jalen Hurd, which Jalen Hurd's another big receiver, kind of a transition player that they moved to receiver. He's got a lot of upside, but I just like what Godwin does, man. I think he's a good ball player. I think he could have that good... Uh, you know, chemistry with Stafford, both being Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, like you say, you got Amendola there, so he wouldn't have to come in and be an absolute beast. So let's go ahead and take him here. So I have uh, went three offensive players. I would like to uh, see what my edge options are at this point, if there's anybody out there, if I kind of missed the boat on that. (sighs) One player I'm looking at, kind of undecided on him. Oh, just went off the board. I was kind of looking at Jelks there. If I could get Jelks in the sixth, he showed some things at the Senior Bowl and uh, might be kind of that backup to Kennard I was looking at. 
if possible. All right, doing this on the fly, sixth round. Let's see what we got here. So, looking through, I mean, Grifka again took Bryce Love in the fifth. He's still here quite a ways down the board in the, uh, I think I'm in the mid, mid sixth here, early to mid sixth. Let's check out the linebackers as well. I'd kind of like to get a linebacker. Um, if anybody's here that I like, Deshaun Davis out of Auburn, I kind of like him. He's captain. Let's see where he ranks kind of with everybody else that's left. Yeah, see, he's a ways down the board. Got our corner. I feel like we're good at safety. I don't really like any of the edge players right here. Got our interior lineman. I feel like we've somewhat taken care of, of offense. So, hmm, I may go with Davis here at Auburn. Take one more look. Gosh, man, there's so many good running backs if you hold your water and wait. I know I took Damian Harris. I thought it was too good to pass up, but, man, there's some some great football players down here. So, I'm going to go ahead and try it. I don't think I've taken him in many mock drafts. Um, so, you got Deshaun Davis. He's a redshirt senior. Um, Three-star. You know, obviously the same school that Carrion came from. Um, you know, was a defensive coordinator type player on the field. Um, smaller type guy. But uh, play the middle. Maybe uh, add some depth. In case Jared Davis was to get dinged up, that type of thing. Help be a good character guy, good guy in the locker room. Let's go ahead and make that pick here in the sixth. So, lines with two sixth rounders, so we'll see what, see what comes up. So I got Godwin. He's kind of my... Amendola understudy. Man, I had talked about this guy before. I had told you that Grifka took a couple big wide receivers. We already had a couple. There's lots of rumor and innuendo about Marvin Jones possibly being gone, either you know in trade or you know he's up moving into the 30 years old. I think only one or two years left on his deal. Might not be here, you know, long term. So I'm gonna take a guy that. That seems to sort of have a similar body type size. Maybe could learn under him for a year. Has some some really big upside. <clears throat> I mentioned him earlier. Jalen Hurd out of Baylor, four star coming out of high school, six four, lanky frame. Really goes up and gets the football. Go ahead and keep adding to our offense here. I feel like that's good value in the late sixth. Go ahead and so we're at pick two two four, the first pick in the seventh round. Now, this is a guy that I've taken in a lot of mocks. For some reason he feels like a Deshaun hand to me. I like his size. I like where he went to school. I like his production at school. 
And uh, like I say, we filled a lot of offensive holes. There are still a lot of offense, good offensive players on the board, no doubt about it. Man, I think right here, I'm just going to go ahead. Again, I hadn't addressed the edge. I feel like this guy, even if he's just a backup, even if he's a backup to hand, a backup to, um, you know, an edge setter like Flowers in case of injury, things like that. I'm going to go ahead and take Austin Bryan out of Clemson. I mean, let me pull up this guy's size again. 6'4", 270 pounds, went to a big school, played on a great line, produced, four-star coming out. Just feel like, uh, you know, again, Clemson played against the best competition. At this point in the draft, he seems like a, a good kind of roll of the dice and adding to our defense. Go ahead and take him. So we got one more pick here, finish out the draft. Grifka's boy, Bryce Love, is still on the board here in the, my last pick of the seventh round. I feel like the Lions already have invested a little bit in the Zenners of the world, not knowing what they'll do with Theo. So I'll go ahead and pass on Bryce Love, even though like here in the seventh, you know, I wouldn't mind the uh, the roll of the dice if that's the way you wanted to go. So I've kind of evened out this draft. I mean, I basically have, you know, one, two, got four defenders, basically four, I think four offensive players. So you're basically just looking at this point, um, best available. I haven't addressed that interior lineman, which again, unless I do it in the second round, I'm probably going to wait on it. So let's go ahead and take a look. You've got... Uh, Herberg out of Stanford. Nobody else I really like. I probably could have looked at that in the uh, round or two earlier. Now, I think I said it on Twitter. Ben Powers, man. This guy has size, ability, played at Oklahoma. He said he likes to just take the soul of the lineman across from him. So, I think you're going to have to get him and probably the... Mm, I'd say he's like in that third, fourth-ish range if I had to guess. So obviously he's not uh, here, and I passed on him. But uh, you know he could be he could be interesting if the Lions wanted to uh, to consider that. Hmm, trying to do this on the fly for you guys. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead again. I've done this in other mocks. Sometimes I kind of uh, you know you find guys you like, you find guys that seem to fit in holes. If they're there, you kind of continue to take them. This is a guy that got a lot of buzz early in the process about maybe being a, uh, a Lions target. He um, He's a ball-hawking corner. I mean, he played at a really small school, but had a ridiculous amount of turnovers. I want to say in one year, I think he had 10-plus interceptions, a few to the house, something like that. I could be wrong, but I think it was something crazy. Um, so I think corner, even adding Rashad Melvin and putting Justin... Uh, Coleman there in the uh, in the slot. I feel like it's still, you know, a question mark, a weakness, however you want to call it. So I would just try to still get that fixed. And Bob Quinn said he wanted uh, guys that could make plays, could turn the football over. I'll just take my last pick in the seventh round and take Jimmy Moreland out of James Madison. Corner. Let's see, I don't think they have their stats, the thing I'm looking at. Yeah, not much on Jimmy Moreland here where I'm uh, doing this draft. But like I said, I remember him having lots of turnovers, good good athleticism, good size. Let's go ahead and 
just go ahead and take him here rather than taking you know the the running back whatever it may be so I basically still loaded up on um, defense took the best defensive player available with my pick at number eight even though we we all think Q is probably going earlier than eight but it could happen and then you know Taking that tight end at the top of the second round, Noah Fant, again, just seemed like too good a value to pass up. Let me go ahead and pull up my picks here. I'll give you guys a quick rundown before I get up out of here. Go ahead and save this thing so I can shove it in Grifka's face. So that was it, everybody. Seven-round mock draft. Let me uh, save in here one second, and then I'm going to give you... uh, quick rundown of the picks i know i kind of talked them through as we went but uh if my computer ends up working for me i'll give you a uh, a rundown here come on draft network there we go all right so again quentin williams absolute beast nothing else needs to be said noah fant probably won't get to the second round but if he does you pretty much got to take him uh be a good compliment to what we already have at tight end David Long, man, if he gets to the third or any corner, especially Grifka's boy, rock your sin. Um, you know, you'd have to consider it at that point as kind of the opposite of Slay or a really young, cheap, good option at corner. Damian Harris in the fourth round at pick 111 just seemed, again, too good a value to pass up. I really like that guy as a player. I mean, we'll see what he does at the next level. He just seems rock solid from a mentality Pass protection, can run, can catch, can kind of do it all. Nothing's going to blow you away, but he's going to be a solid running back, I think, in the NFL. Terry Godwin, talked about him. Shifty, inside type receiver. Got some versatility. You know, just seems like a, a nice upside play at that point. Deshaun Davis, again, a guy I hadn't taken much, but just seemed to be like, hey, let's go ahead and get a, a backup linebacker with some good character that's called the defense, the college level, and that can you know, learn behind some guys, maybe uh, find a place, if not just be a depth piece at that point. Jalen Hurd, that's a big swing right there for an offensive playmaker. I want to say he played a different position, recently transitioned, excuse me, to receiver. And I feel like Jalen Hurd, with his size, ability, if you can get him kind of late sixth round there and uh, let him learn behind Marvin and Kenny, that could be, you know, the replacement for a Marvin at some point, even in a year or two. Austin Bryant, you know, I know some people don't like him. I feel like the athleticism, the pedigree, the size, the school, all those type of things seem to add up at the early seventh round. Just add uh, depth, probably depth behind a Flowers. I think he can shift inside too, which the Lions always seem to love. So um, go ahead and add him. And then Jimmy Moore with that last pick, 229 in the seventh round. A ball hawking corner, a guy that can go get it, make plays. And then I leave it up to Bobby Quinn and, uh, you know, the rest of the Lions organization to uh, always seem to be fine in special teams. I know they always draft for special teams. Oh, this guy's a great special teams player. Well, I know that's part of, like, how you have to structure the NFL draft, but I also just went here in this draft, took, you know, best available at positions of need, you know, love what I came up with. Everybody on Twitter is going to have to hit me up and let me know. Did I destroy the Grifka seven-round mock or what? Like, I think it's a slam dunk. Um, filled needs, got good players, and uh, like I say, didn't reach, didn't uh, 
let the ball, the board kind of fall to me. That's what I love to do in drafts. So, everybody, um, that's uh, the podcast here for this Friday. We just uh, thank you for supporting the show, checking us out. Uh, it's really been fun watching the uh, Lions family on Twitter kind of grow and, and getting involved with all those folks. Just some great people and always having fun on there as I have time. You know, life gets busy, but uh, trying to be on there a bit more. And we just love it. You guys have been subscribing, hitting that uh, subscribe button on iTunes. Uh, we're on Spotify. You know, basically anywhere you can find podcasts will be out there. And uh, just for all the great feedback and things you guys have been giving us. So we appreciate everything. I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. So for me on this Friday show, drinking in Detroit Kool-Aid. We'll be back next week for two more podcasts, getting closer and closer to the draft. I cannot wait. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. I'm out. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to back. Start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.